0: Welcome to Blair and Barker on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Blue Jays baseball this afternoon on the TV side and streaming. The uh, Jays are in Bradenton to take on the Pirates for what seems like the 5,000th time this spring. Uh, the Jays lineup is Whit Merrifield, Bo Bichette. Dalton Varsho, Santiago Espinal, Kevin Biggio at first, Kevin Kiermaier in center, Addison Barger is a DH. Nathan Lucas is in right field. Everyday Rob Brantley, as he's now affectionately known, is behind the plate, and Yusei Kikuchi is on the mound for the Blue Jays. Ricky Tiedemann and Zach Pop in the trip. Kevin Barker, I hear the sound of bat and ball. In the background, which makes yeah, me, which which makes me think that you're not only getting some sun, you're actually seeing some honest to god uh, baseball being played, or at least worked on.
1: Yeah. I- Absolutely. Well, I'm trying to hide from the wind, and i got to be honest with you. I thought I was going to be in a, an enclosed area, and I didn't put any sunscreen on, and it Shut is up. smoking hot. So I'm standing out here because I am a man of the people, and I don't want this to yeah, be I a hear. windy show. Yeah. So I am trying to hide myself yeah. here out of the wind. So yeah. if it is, does get windy, I do apologize. I'm doing my best. But I am watching Edwin Encarnacion flip balls to Danny Solano to Matt Chapman... And Brandon Belt at first base. Brandon Belt looks good. Boy, you talking about smooth fielding first baseman? Whew! So he's moving Footwork around side now. to side, up and back's Really good. Yeah, he's oh, moving he around. Really well, again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to peek around the corner here, so you, you don't get as much wind. But Danny Solano is just ripping baseballs to Matt Chapman. He's picking that like smooth Sunday, and flipping that stuff over to Brandon Belt. So it's kind of cool to watch. Yeah, it's. This is what spring training's all about is when the big boys are not playing, they go on the field, there's not really anybody out here and you know, you got coaches hitting rockets to dudes that know how to catch the baseball and then they're gonna take some batting practice here I think at about eleven fifteen. So maybe you'll get to hear a little bit about that. But yeah, it's Man, you talk around the team here. It's a buzz, and it's about winning, and that's kind of cool to hear. I, again, when I played here in 2006, it was nothing like this. Like, you know, it was more of survival mode—just try and get out of the spring training healthy enough to to start a season and compete a little bit. These dudes are—they're thinking about winning World Series. and It's kind of fun to listen to and, and talk to these guys about it. The
0: uh, as, as we mentioned, Ricky Tiedemann will make his—we'll uh, will be pitching in Bradenton along with you say along with you say Kikuchi. Uh, you say Kikuchi so far has pitched four innings this spring, seven strikeouts, one walk. um You know, clearly, uh Kevin, we've talked about this. You say Kikuchi's, you say Kikuchi needs to come through out of that fifth spot to make make things a little easier, uh a little easier for the Blue Jays. Now I know it's only early days down there, but but you know, something we've talked about, his velo. What are people saying about his velo in particular? Is, is, is You know, one of the things, that, Kevin, when a guy makes changes and when I hear him talking about dropping arm angles, et cetera, et cetera, I almost get the point that they're focusing more on movement and location than they are velo. And I'm wondering if maybe, I asked someone the other day, look, should we just stop talking about velo with this guy? Is it going to be about other, other stuff? And I get the impression that that's almost the case with him. So I'm going to ask you, what, what would you need to see? today from you say kikuchi velocity wise that would make you think okay this is you know we're on we're on we're on the right track
1: here yeah i think it's a lot of strike one it's confidence uh, it's uh eliminating guys in three pitches, like i you know the the mm-hmm. more he goes deeper and counts, the worse off he is uh, I think that's where the velocity shows up i'm I'm seem to be the only guy that cares about his velocity right i I'm the one that yells and screams about you know where's the ninety eight ninety nine at i've i've asked i don't know three or four different coaches about the velocity, and they look at me like i I have three heads like i <laughs> you know it just seems like it's uh, we talked about this jeff when the before the season has started here before you know, we're getting hot and heavy in our show is where's the 170 innings coming from, right? If you want to be an elite staff and you want to be one of those elite teams, you're pushing that 900 innings from your starting rotation. And that 170 innings, for me, is a big deal. And it's going to be him. Hopefully, you say Kikuchi. You know, he gives you 120-plus innings. I mean, I, I does it really matter what his ERA is, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, uh, basically about that. Is It's uh, it's about giving you that 170 and. You know, I, I heard Ricky Tiedemann. I I have talked to a couple of people it's just like I am. Right? It's it's uh the dude's that good. Put him on the put him on the opening day roster. It's not going to happen. But the buzz is around that dude. Is he's the total package. Like, uh, you know, I was talking about go down to to the minor leagues and and figure out if the fastball's not working, the command's not working mechanically. You can't figure something out. Struggle at the minor league level. Well. You know, we were waiting on the same thing with Manoa, and it just didn't happen. Maybe he's another one of these guys that Mm -hmm. left-handed throws that hard. You know, he's only going to have so many bullets in that arm. And and I would think just the conversations that I've had, you know, that's going to be a hurried-up process, right? It's going to be as soon as they have a reason. I don't even want to say an excuse. Just a reason to get that dude to the big leagues and watch the talent take over. I think that's going to happen. And, and, you know, I, I know that was my homework is to go and, and find out why he's so good. And, Obviously, it's the stuff, right? I'm not I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know because they've seen it. They've seen the 99 that he does have. He ain't going to pitch at that, but he got it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that little moment where it's me against you, I know I have it now. If my mechanically sound and I'm centered and I can get to my finish, and he's felt that. Now he knows what the feeling is. And, you know, 20-year-olds who talk about finish and, and don't talk about being the moment being too big, that's a that's a huge deal. So just the totality of who he is and who he c- can become is is something special. And man, I look, I, I'm not gonna. Continue to beat that that horse to death. About why don't you put him in the rotation and just let him go with it? Because you say Kikuchi, you know, is probably a little bit more advanced. Just to start the season, but I wouldn't think it'd be too long until they have an excuse or or just say enough's enough. We're going to call him up and let him take off. Be fun to watch. I know that. You know, one of the things I'm I'm interested in seeing today, and and a guy who we haven't
0: really talked about a lot, but a guy who the Jays really. Talked up when they made the trade with the Miami Marlins uh, is Zach Pop. Now, he is scheduled to pitch today. And, Kevin, you know, I'm looking at this team. And if you use Spotrack, Track estimates the Blue Jays' payroll right now at 247,000. 247, God, they wish. 247,295,785. Well, stop it. Um,. And, and and I mean the Jays are they're right now right now are fifty thousand over fifty thousand dollars over the major league team average uh, for payroll fifty million dollars sorry uh, right now they're paying four million dollars in luxury tax the threshold is two hundred and thirty three million dollars for the first threshold And see this is why I'm interested in Zach Pop because I look at this team and. It, it's pretty clear that ownership willing is is willing to go to the luxury tax. But I look at this team and I think yep. to myself, all right, I've got to have some wiggle room in case I need to make an ad during the year or at the trade deadline. You know, and I've got a bunch of guys here. I've got Adam Simber making three point one five million, Anthony Bass making three million. you know Biggio two point eight. Espinal 2.1, Mesa 2.1, Richards 1.5, Thornton 1 million. And I'm just kind of wondering to myself, Kevin, if maybe if you're the Blue Jays, maybe you want to replace some of those guys making, you know, 2.1 million or 1.5 million with guys making the major league minimum. You save a little bit of money at the get go. And then you see where the season goes. And, of course, when you make an acquisition at the trade deadline, you're not picking up a full year's salary. You're only picking up the prorated uh, portion of the salary that's left, right? So, in other words, if a reliever's making $5 million mm-hmm. and you're acquiring him at the trade deadline, you're really only picking up two and a half million, two million $2 million. Maybe you throw a sweetener in so the other team retains salary. And I guess it's a long way of asking, do you think that, like, we know the Jays can't move any of their big guys. Right? They're there. Um, Barrios, Gossman, Springer, not that they'd want it, but, I mean, the big multi-year contract dudes are there. The big contract guys are there. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard to move one of those guys in order to create a little bit of room. Do you think that maybe a guy like Zach Pop, or, you know, uh, Junior Fernandez or Julian Fernandez, I've got to figure out what to call him, uh, if one of those guys comes Mm -hmm. good, do you think they can break with this team? Or do you think that they that they will go down to AAA and we'll see the Simbers and the Basses and the Richards and the Mazes on this roster going forward
1: Yeah, I think they want predictability right out the gate, and I think they know these guys well enough. Pete Walker understands what it takes to have success with the dudes you just mentioned. Yeah, look, I think it's about getting off to a hot start. Uh, You know, the, the change in the schedule, I'm not real sure that's a great thing for the Blue Jays, right? That predictability of when they go, especially as a lineup, as a whole, knowing guys, knowing how to you know attack a certain pitcher if you're a hitter, knowing how to attack a certain hitter if you're on the mound. I think they need predictability. I think they need guys that know how to add and subtract and and the moment, or at least early on, it's not going to be too big for them. And look, this is one of those special times where it is about winning. It's, you know, it's, it, they're not like you just said about that payroll. They don't care I, It just doesn't seem like they care about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's the first time I that I can remember. I don't know about you, Jeff, that that they just don't care. Like it's it's all about winning and if we have to spend some more money and go over that yeah. thing, we're gonna go over it. Like, no, it's it's remarkable. It I mean, we're gonna go with the the best twenty six dudes that we have. We're gonna go north with them at least early on and until they tell us otherwise, that's who we're going to go with because it's predictable. And that's, for me, I think that's a key word here, at least early on, right? Is the Ricky Tiedemann thing, he's a special dude. Is there predictability there? I mean, you could get good, you could get bad, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, you don't really know how he's going to handle that. I think that at least early on is what they're shooting for because they want to get off to a hot start and they want to take off running. And yeah, it's, uh, look, it's, uh, again, I think it's two things. It's about money, and I think now they have big league options right. in the minor leagues. Last year, they didn't. I mean, let's not lie about it. The na- You could roll off the Thomas Hatches of the world, no offense, but uh, look, that's... For me, at least, anyway, that they have some better names with some power, with some movement. You mentioned Zach Pop, right? The 97 with a lot of movement and the the breaking stuff. That stuff don't grow on trees. It's just refining that and knowing when you can use them, and and that's up to the manager and the pitching coach. Again, it's predictability, and, and they have more big league options that they can call off if something does happen at least early on
0: uh what are you most interested ricky tiedemann obviously is the kind of the 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 talk of camp right now and that was probably going to be the case regardless but he's a talk of camp now that you're down there what do you got to see and what i mean by what do you got i'm not saying what do you need to see to think that this team is going to be good what do you (laughs) kevin barker baseball analyst former major leaguer Former major league hitter, the mayor of Back Lake City. What do you got to see in spring training? Like, what what is the thing that you say tomorrow, man? I got I got to I got to see that.
1: Yeah, well, I just saw Vladimir Guerrero Jr. walk by a little earlier, and he was jumping up and down. He looked healthier, or at least as healthy as you could expect a guy that had done some things running around the bases the wrong way. Uh, I think that for me is if they're healthy, because what track record would say? Uh, will tell you that they're going to get off to a good start. And I, I think it's it's this, for me, It comes real easy. There, there's a couple of things. Who's sitting clean up opening day? You know, can it be Brandon Belt? Is it a, a collection of a bunch of people? The first three, any way you want to spin them and flip them around other than George Springer, you know, I, if you want to flip-flop Vladdy and Bo, you can do whatever you want to do. But me, those are your three best hitters. I want to get my best three hitters more at bats than all the other guys. I know me and you joke around, and it's fun to poke fun at that, but that's what it's all about right right you're trying to put those three guys up more than the other guys and i think they figure that that out and that's very consistent it's just who's the 26 guy what's that mean to him and who's hitting cleanup you know i think the rotation and the bullpen and the closer and there's no like unknown sir right mm-hmm. it's it's if John Snyder, which I think he's going to do, and Pete Walker put those guys in positions, bat pass equal to stuff, they'll succeed and help the Blue Jays go where they want to go. It's just what's going to happen in some certain other things. And Brandon Belt, they're going side to side. I would think when you have surgery on your lower half, that's a big deal, right? Up and back and side to side is a big deal. He looked at me, it was smooth and easy, boy. right? It was let the ball travel when the ground balls hit you, move your feet, get them all lined, stay centered, stay grounded. Grounded, throw it to your target and finish towards your target he was doing all those things so that's special stuff but long-winded those are a couple of things right and I think this is what contending teams do you refine them there's no big giant surprises coming out of this if you're a Jays fan you sort of know what you're getting now it's just who's hitting cleanup and you know who's that 26 guy and you go and you try and make a serious run at
0: it Kevin we'll be joined by uh, Jeff Passan MLB insider with the SPN in a few minutes and take a look around spring training. Much of the focus yesterday on spring training was that moment at JetBlue Park. Uh, Justin Turner hit in the face uh, on a fastball by Matt Manning. It was in the bottom of the first inning. Uh, he was taking the hospital for observation. Uh, he is stable. Um, the early indications are that he uh, dodged a major head injury, at least that's what the, the MRI uh, the MRI has shown. Uh, According to the Red Sox, he's receiving treatment for soft tissue injuries and is being monitored for a concussion. Uh, Look, uh, Matt Manning made it pretty clear that the the ball just got away from him. Um, But but I got to ask, you know, one of the things I I often wonder about at spring training is at what point – look, all all hitters have got instinctive reactions to things. And you Mm -hmm. can only see so much live BP – right? You can only b- before you get into a game, and you've got to react in real time to a game situation. did, did w- When you played, were you concerned early in the year, early in spring about, you know, one, whether or not you were going to be quick enough instinc- instinctively when it comes to things like that. Two, you know, sometimes sometimes you're facing a young guy who may not have the best command, right? And, were, were you concerned about maybe not getting hit in the face by a pitch, but getting hit by a pitch early in spring from guys who were working on stuff and because you may have been working on stuff and trying to get comfortable.
1: Yeah, I was trying to make a team, so it's a little different. Again, it's two each his own. You know, I think I was a left-handed hitter. Most pitchers that I've faced, at least early on in spring training, are right-handed. And that would allow you to have a little bit better reaction mm. time. And, you know, you see a ball up around your face, you have that little extra second because it's coming from the other side. Right. Instead of a lefty where you're trying to let the ball travel, you want to see spin. You know, you want to try and shoot that thing up the middle of the other way. That's when you tend to be able to maybe get hit in places you don't want to be hit in. Sorry about the noise. They're working on the field here. That's sorry. Right. To... Anyway, so it's uh, – it's. I just – look, the question will be for him and everybody that ever gets hit in places they don't want to be hit in, and I'm assuming nobody wants to be hit in the face, is can you keep the front side in? You know, the the, the swings have changed dramatically since I was a player. But it's still, you want to keep the shoulder in. You want a long bat path. And to keep that, everything has to be short to it long through it, right? It's, it's how long can I keep the barrel in the hitting zone? And if you get hit in the face, what's the first thing you want to do? Is you want to get away from the baseball. You want to have a front side. You want to maybe scoot a little closer. And, and he has a giant leg kick. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some growing pains when it comes to just being able to get it down keep the front side in drive down through the baseball and actually take a you know a slider from a righty and hit that thing backwards pitch this i'm sure it'll be a little bit of a transition for him but he's a big leaguer he's been around forever you know i'm sure it's not the first time he's been hit and probably the first time he's been hit in the face but this this is this is what what it is right these dudes throw so hard and they're trying to punch you out instead of making good pitches and pitch there's a big difference you know that's again that's how it's changed too that it's all part of it and and you know it's i'm sure it would be fine he's a really good player uh he'll figure it out he'll he'll be a good player for the red sox and uh, not to change the subject, but I'm watching Kirkie uh, stay inside the baseball and hit Lina after Lina to right field. I mean, I don't know if anybody cares about that. No, I think, yeah, as long as there's an Alejandro Kirk sighting, uh,
0: we're we're all about that. We should mention, by the way, that Justin Turner has been released from hospital. He got 16 stitches. Uh, after being yeah. hit by the pitch, and uh, there was no...
1: So it's going to be a little while before he gets back, probably.
0: Yeah, there was Thank no uh, there was no, no, structural damage. Well, it's that time of the show. We've got mm-hmm. Mr. Barker for half an hour today, and uh, Jeff Passon will join us. Uh, Mr. Barker's got an assignment he's got to take care of, and one of the things we've been doing uh, while Barker, and we will be doing while Barker's down in Florida, is uh, I've decided to call it the, bark, uh, the back leg line, uh, the phone line. Just because nice. I well, I think it's I think it's all right, and uh, we want you to call up at four one six four one three three nine five nine, leave us a voice note, uh, and and question for Kevin, comment for Kevin, and an assignment for Kevin because he is in Florida, and we wanted to do something. We don't want him to just you know sit there and soak up the sun and put his speedo on and go out in the beach and, and things Speaking like that.
1: Of that it's really hot right Shut where I'm staying. We want cool. it's going
0: to be cold this week. There's a cold snap coming through there. I think it's going down to sixty on the weekend. So. Uh, uh. Be prepared. Be prepared for that. It's not 20. Uh, as I said, the number is 416-413-3959. If you call that number, this is what you'll
1: hear. Hey, this is Kevin Barker from the Fan 590s Blair and Barker Show. If you have any questions, comments, or complaints about Jeff, feel free to leave it after the beep. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to get it down and get it singing.
0: Yeah, I heard that little that little chuckle. A little chuckle coming through in the end Mr. Boffle I heard it again Mr. Boffle what do we have what do we have for Mr. Barker here
2: oh hi I was watching your program Cyril McIntyre from Ottawa quick question is there any concern left with having Bichette remain a shortstop from a defensive point of view no no question obviously with the bat but I have some concerns defensively there what do you think thanks bye
0: uh, that question is going to keep coming up, isn't it, Kevin? I mean, it it just is. Look, I, the, the numbers, the defensive numbers weren't. Well, I'll let you answer it. I mean, I think we're both on the same page here with Bo Bichette defensively. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only way that Bo's going to uh, have people not talk about that is to win a World Series with him playing shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays. Like, that's sadly the only way this yep. is going to. Not be a topic of conversation. Look, who do you want? Who would you rather have playing every single day at shortstop? Santiago Espinal, Otto Lopez. Like, you know, I think this is something that Jays fans just need to take a little tiny step back and go, he's a special guy, right? It's, it's, they're a better team with him at short. Is he a great shortstop? Probably not defensively. Do you have to have him in a lineup to win a World Series? Absolutely. So, I look, I, there's no perfect team. And we have have had people on that say that's the most important part of the Blue Jays is how well he plays shortstop defensively. I'm not sure I'm that far into it. Mm-hmm. But, look, all all he can do is go out and work hard, make the routine play. He does that most of the time. I mean, and, and hits 30 homers, maybe steals 30 bags, drives in 90 runs, scores 115 runs because he's hitting second. Would that make everybody happier? That little least you're, you're looking at that more than you are the defensive side of it. So, again, I just want to caution people saying there is no perfect team. Yeah. But if you ask me, if you ask me, I'd rather have Bo on my team than off my team.
0: Yeah, and uh... – Look, I, I, I mean, I just, I, I know this is going to come up, and I think you're right. It's going to come up until the Jays win a playoff series or win a World Series with them. It, it just is. Uh, Bo is going to make errors during the year. The defensive metrics, which aren't perfect, mind you, but the defensive metrics aren't kind to him. You know, all you have to do is Google, you know, not Googly, go to fan graphs, go to whatever one. Pick, pick your, your point of reference, pick your source of reference, and uh, you'll find out that Bo ranks near the bottom. If not at the bottom, actually he ranks mm-hmm. at the bottom among yeah. major league shortstops. We know that, and I, I guess my mm-hmm. point is, he's not moving to second base. So that's that's off the table. No, he's not moving to second base. You, you just there's not this year. Yeah, there, there's nothing to. It's just it's pointless. It's pointless. The only other option is to have Bo on the bench, and that's not going to happen. So, um, and and let's see. It, Let's also see what impact the shift in the, the, the defensive... Uh, some of the defensive changes have on Bo We really haven't... Kevin, we really haven't seen that yet this spring. I don't know if... It, it's, it's been that I haven't been paying attention I'll ask passing about this, but I, I haven't... You know, we're starting to see during games different situations where a ball goes through and you can look at it and go, man, last year that would have been caught. We've seen it time and again, but I don't think it's until the regular season and we see a game decided... By a run that gets through what would have been the shift that will really focus in on, on the impact of the shift. We have
1: another... Uh, yeah, another... See, I... Go ahead, Kev. So, uh... So just a last point on that shift thing. I think you're going to see that early on. When do starters struggle the most in the first inning? That's when you're going to see that lefty come up with that 17 hopper between the first and second base hole to put that guy out of the stretch, to put him in trouble early when you wouldn't have to do that if there was a shift. So that's, for me anyway, you may see it a little bit more early in a game than you will late in a game.
0: We've got one more uh, call or comment for Mr. Barker. Uh, John from North York question for Kevin Uh, some of these guys that uh, have trouble they have a long swing and can't get through the zone why don't they use a shorter bat or even a lighter bat and that that goes for some of the old vets that can't seem to catch up with the fastball it seems to me if you had a shorter swing and that shorter bat would help you have a shorter swing you might be able to catch some of those anyways that's my question
1: yeah, that's a, that's a that's a really good question. I, I think that's a, a season-long thing. You know, so, sometimes early in the season you use a bigger bat because it's cold outside, at least I did. It's cold outside, and I wanted to be A to B. If I were long, you break your bat, that'd hurt your hands. Nobody wants their hands hurt. Uh, late in the season because you've taken three billion swings because you had a long swing, he's out and around, he's trying to fix it, you might use a lighter bat. Now, a shorter bat's a little different because once you start doing short, that means you have to move around the batter's box. That's a lot to do, right? It's like that Justin Smoke thing. He used to walk up to Justin Smoke, Jeff, all the time and be like, hey, dude, you know everybody's shifting you on the right side of the infield. How come you ain't hitting it over there? And he'd look right at me in that little country voice like I got and say, hey, you know how I made it to the big leagues? It's hitting the ball from the right side of second base. So it's very hard for an established big leaguer which is what the Blue Jays have of making big changes. They'll tweak it. You know a, a 33 and a half instead of a 34 is not a big movement. It's that if you're going from a 33 to a 35, right? There's, those are big changes. So I think they do it. They'll never tell you they do it because you let the cat out of the bag. That tells you something's up. that giving an advantage to the other team in the pitcher. So They'll do it. I've heard they they do it. You know, Vladdy does it. He'll change bats. He's biased bad, too, I think, right? Mm-hmm. When he was struggling to go up, I think he hit a homer in the right center just because, you know, it's that, it's that superstition thing. Occasionally you need to mix it up. It's a different feel. And that's a good question, but I think those are sometimes very hard changes to make because they made it to the big leagues a certain way with a certain wand. Yeah. Real hard for them to go to a different wand.
0: Uh, Russell Martin, in particular, was a was a guy who would uh, who would use a shorter or a lighter bat, not a shorter bat, but a lighter bat during the summer. And I, I think you you I I I'm willing to bet if you spoke to some catchers, you'd probably find that that they do it a little more than other players, just because of the workload. Yeah. But you're right, Kevin. I, I I don't know how many guys would take a shorter length.
1: Uh, no, because no, that's moving around the box. Right. Moving around the box means that that changes what your eyes are looking at. Right. And that's a very hard thing to do, right? You're trying. Two wrongs don't make a right. Well, and the pitchers so, notice you know, that, too. You the, may, pi-
0: you, the pitchers and catchers uh, notice that, well, too.
1: You don't want to give the the pitcher too much credit. It right. would be more the, the pitching coach and the catcher that would know notice certain kind of things. I do know the guy that's standing behind the cage here in Edwin and Canarcion. He was a big, remember, a finger off the end of the bat. Yes. He's struggling. He didn't do that. That was his little thing, right, is when he was going good and he was feeling frisky and could go back leg city, that finger, that last finger would be over the the. Into the bat. When he was struggling, he would put fingers right up against the knob of that bat. That would be like his little, it just feels different, right? It's not a major change, but it's just a feel different that now I can feel it. Now I'm not having to think about it. I can actually feel it, and I can go to the plate and still look for my pitch and still do things mechanically that I'm trying to do.
0: Mr. Barker, we are going to let you run. Go and say hi to Edwin for us. Uh, I know you're a former Winter Absolutely. Ball teammate. You made Edwin some money in Winter Ball, I understand, with some, uh, with some home runs. Go and say hi to Edwin Forrest. Enjoy the uh, sun and the wind. Try not to get sunstroke. Hey. What?
1: Yeah, it is really hot. Hey, I'm trying. I, you have 30 minutes. Don't screw our show up, okay? By yourself.
0: Right, well, if we do, I, we will call you okay. right back. I'll, I'll, I'll see. If <laughs> I'm I, not answer. I'll see if I can remember how to do this. Have a good day. See you, Minana. <laughs> you best. See you later, everybody. All right. That's Kevin Barker, who is on location in Florida at the Player Development Complex. The Jays uh, are in Bradenton today to play the Pirates. That game is at 107. It is streaming, as all games are. Uh, it is streaming on our website. It is also on TV, uh, on uh, on Sportsnet as well. It'll be Yusei Kikuchi on the mound for the Jays. Ricky Tiedemann pitching Zach Pop, Whit Merrifield, Bo Dalton Varsho, Santiago Espinal, Craig Biggio, Kevin Kiermaier among the uh, major leaguers making the trip south to Bradenton. Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB Insider. And he'll join us next from Florida. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan Sportsnet 360. And as always, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Reminder that uh, you can subscribe to the Blair and Barker podcast and and, uh, please leave a lovely five-star review or rating or whatever they call it. Um, You know, with the usual disclaimer, it doesn't mean anything to me, but it means so, so much to Kevin. Uh, Gives him a sense of worth. So when you're doing it, remember you're doing it for Kevin. Forget what you think about me. It's all about. Kevin. Uh, we'll have Blue Jays baseball streaming on the website this afternoon. The Blue Jays are in Bradenton to take on the Pirates. You say Kakuchi, Ricky Tiedemann, Zach Pop, the pitchers of a note for the Blue Jays. I mentioned Merrifield, Bichette, Varsho, Espinal, Biggio, Kiermeyer making the trip. Addison Barger is on the trip as well. Uh, Kevin Barker telling us in the first part of the show that uh, Brandon Belt, in addition to taking batting practice, has now started to up his reps in the field this is of course uh part of his rehab from from a leg injury and indications are that we should see brandon belt in a game although clearly there's no rush here we should see brandon belt in a game possibly by this weekend or certainly early next week uh at the latest which is good sign for the blue jays because uh the Jays seem to be counting a great deal on uh, Brandon Belt as being something of found money this year. Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He is also in Florida, and he joins us in Blair and Barker. Well, actually, it's just Blair right now, Mr. Passan, because Barker's in Florida, and he's off, he's off doing some work. Um, trying to, no doubt, uh, stay warm in what I'm sure just ungodly conditions down in florida hey question for you everybody's talking about the pitch clock early uh and of course you know it's understandable it's a pretty significant change and it's something you notice during the first pitch have we figured out yet other than i think it was the red Sox using you know changing their outfielders for a net bat against joey gallo have we figured out yet what teams are doing to game the uh change in rules regarding shifting this year
2: yeah i mean you can go with a two-man outfield if you want but if a guy hits like a a single down the left field line it might be a triple um there's a lot uh, you know there are a lot of bad outcomes that can come from trying to beat the shift restrictions Uh, you know one of them is unless you have an outfielder who has infield experience that short right field may prove kind of difficult or a little bit weird. So I I think when MLB thought through these new rules, they did a pretty good job, you know, top to bottom, in trying to figure out unintended consequences and uh, uh, understand that if you do choose to, to deviate from what the norm is, the penalty is going to be significant potentially, and there's a risk involved in that. And I, I, you know, I'm I was not a person who was like super bullish, Jeff, on the idea of restricting defense. I, I always thought it was uh, the shifts were something that spoke to a, a team's ability to intuit data and go uh, and apply that on the field, and that's something that I generally appreciate, but. I, I I also wasn't somebody who just like sat there and said I love the shift. If it goes away, this is a huge problem. I'm kind of ambivalent toward it, and uh, for teams, it's a, a very picture poison thing. And honestly, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of with you. You know, the, my all, my worry anytime there's a rule change is the unintended consequence. You know, no and it, you see sports like basketball and hockey in particular. Now, granted, they are more sports of flow than baseball. So, you know, you see rules changes, and they, yeah, they kind of accomplish what they were set out to do, but there is also some negative. Uh, effects from that. And, you know, from what I've seen so far with baseball, I kind of like I kind of like the fact, for example, that Max Scherzer was experimenting a little bit with the pitch clock. Love it. You know, love I love it. that we love saw it. that with, uh, with Chris Bassett here. Same thing, Chris Bassett threw pitches with uh, two seconds left, eight seconds left, 12 seconds left. I mean, and, and he was playing around with pitch comp. I like that. And I'm just wondering, the experimentation with the shift, are we talking more movement than anything else, than actual positioning? You know what I mean? Like moving uh, with a pitch, for example?
2: No, they're not allowed to move with pitches. Like, uh, I mean, if, if you're talking about, like, getting a, a running start for a guy to, to cross the second base bag, uh, I don't think that's legal. Uh,
1: okay.
2: let, let, me, let me say this. Um, Major League Baseball is undergoing a fundamental change in the game. And there were all... Kinds of messes when you're changing as much about it as MLB is that could have cropped up. And I got to be honest, and somebody said this to me yesterday, and this was this was somebody on the player side, not somebody who uh, is is lavishing praise regularly on the league. But he said the rollout of these rules has gone about as well as I ever would have expected. Um, people people inside of baseball. Love the pitch clock, mm-hmm. absolutely love it, and and they love it. Yes, for the the selfish reason that games might be a little shorter and they may get more time by themselves or with their family or to hang out afterward. But but they mainly love it, I think, because they understand the consequences of it, and and they buy into the idea. This may be a false premise. This is what MLB is staking everything on, but they buy into the idea that shorter. Quicker, better-paced games are going to be more attractive to the modern fan. Now, that hypothesis, Jeff, might just be flat-out wrong. Mm-hmm. But it, it was interesting. I have a story coming out uh, in, I think, a day or two. On, uh, it, it, we're getting close to the one-year anniversary of the new collective bargaining agreement, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, this time last year, it's wild to think. This time last year, we were so close. I'm not going to say the whole season falling apart, but if there was not a deal on March 10th, I don't think that we would have seen baseball before the All-Star break. Like, Mm -hmm. that's how bad it would have gotten. Because if you recall, uh, Rob Manfred had had postponed and was threatening to cancel the second regular season week of games. If the second season actually officially goes down, then you're not getting 162. If you're not getting 162, MLB made it abundantly clear that they are not going to pay full salaries for the season. And they're not going to give full service time either. If you take service time away from players and take money away from players, they said they were going to pull expanded playoffs off the table. If expanded playoffs are off the table, the entire foundation of the deal falls apart. And at that point, you start, you get a cooling off period where, you know, okay, let's get back to the table. And then you get regressive offers, and then it really turns into a mess. Uh, we were close to baseball labor armageddon. And the fact that not only did we escape that, but we got a full 2022 season. And now we have this new brand of baseball that has a chance to to really open the game back up to people. Um, I think baseball's on a good run right now. And maybe I'm too, you know, in the middle of it. Maybe I'm too in the weeds with it. And I I just don't see the forest for the trees at this point. But uh, I'm trying to be as objective as I can here. Mm -hmm. I, I think objectively... This has been a good run and has a chance to be a really, really foundational, seminal season for baseball.
0: Yeah, I uh, look, I, I'm, I was kind of a pitch clock skeptic just because the pace of game was not on my list of things that I despised about my life. The pace of the baseball game was not was not on it. But I have to admit, having watched a lot of games on TV and going out of my way this spring to see how different teams are handling it, I, I mean, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm all in on it. Yep. I, I like what I'm seeing. I I will I, I've been pleasantly surprised at some of the back and forth between umpires and players. Uh now it yeah. is spring, nobody understand, nobody's getting paid yet, but there's been a lot of maturity showing. And <laughs> you know, and, and I'm wondering yeah, I'm wondering maybe if part of the equation here too, you know, there there's been a pretty significant turnover in in the ranks of umpires. And I'm wondering yep. if maybe that hasn't you know, you, you you've got a little, you got you, you got a few a few less um, grudges out there than you've had in the past, yeah, I guess. Yeah,
2: I, I think I think nine veteran umpires retired right. this year, right?
0: Which means that nine
2: umpires uh, from the minor leagues who understand what pitch squad baseball is like came up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I think
2: that that's just. I, you know, and I think that's important because the, um, this this may sound like exaggeration, it may be, but I think the the most important person when it comes to the pitch clock is not the pitcher or the hitter, the umpire, because he is going to be the one enforcing. He is going to be the one who has discretion to stop the clock in scenarios where things go a little awry. And I, I think baseball and and big league players especially are still sort of getting adjusted to this. Mm. You know, when a, when a ball gets hit to, to the, down the right field line and just goes foul, um, you know, the catcher needs to understand, hey, I got to hold the ball for a couple of seconds and let my guy get back into position. Um, and the umpire needs to understand uh, that the catcher should be allowed to do that. And, uh, you know, he, he shouldn't be standing there saying to the catcher, throw the ball back. It, you know, if you don't throw it back, then uh, I'm going to call you for a violation. Uh, is, everyone needs feel. Like, feel is a big baseball term. And feel is understanding the world around you, where you fit in it, and what you're supposed to be doing in any particular moment. And umpires, if they don't have feel on this thing, it's going to get ugly. And so I think that there's a huge, huge opportunity for umpires to really illustrate that they are indeed the managers of the game. And in a world where you know the the automatic strike zone may be coming or or may be present as soon as 2024, um, that there's still a really big place for umpires in this game, even though that
0: role is evolving. Now I know you spent some time out at uh, out of Blue Jays camp. Uh, a few days ago. Uh, What, to your mind, separates the Blue Jays and the Yankees right now? Are are they the top two teams in the American League East? And what, in your mind, separates them?
2: I think they're probably the top two teams, though I'm not going to discount the Rays at all. I just think that they... The the Rays, more than anybody in baseball, know who they are and what they do well. And until other teams uh, can create that culture, the Rays, I think, are going to be in the mix every year. When I look at the Blue Jays, honestly, I don't look at Vlad Guerrero and I don't look at Bo Bichette um, and I I don't look at George Springer. I feel like those guys uh, now are – consistent enough where we can expect a particular level of production from them. To me, the separator between the Blue Jays and the Yankees is going to be some of those, not marginal guys, but some of those secondary guys and and who they are. Who is Jose Barrios going to be? Who is Yusei Kikuchi going to be? Who is Tim Meza? I I think he's the only lefty Mm -hmm. in the pen right now. Who is Tim Meza going to be? What are we going to get from Matt Chapman in his walk here um you know is brandon belt gonna end up taking the lion's share of dh at bats or is it gonna fall to whoever's not playing second between uh or among espinal and and in merrifield and visio like can one of those guys step up down toward the bottom third of the lineup and be a real contributor um there are a lot of questions but i don't think they're bad questions because any of those guys i mentioned i can see having a 90th percentile season and and being the difference in the separator between the blue jays and the
0: yankees uh you mentioned matt chapman and he is as you also mentioned eligible for free agency at the end of the year a a lot of left side infielders are signed and are not going to be not going to be free agents what do you think an extension for matt chapman would look like if the Jays were to, 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 or if he was to entertain, I should say, because I think it's more him than, than, than them, if he was to entertain an extension from them, what do you think he'd be looking for?
2: Well, I, I think you got to factor in two different things here. Number one, um, he's probably not going to entertain an extension because if you look at the free agent hitting class this, uh, this upcoming offseason, Jeff, it's wretched. Mm-hmm. Like it's really it's really bad. And and I mean Matt Chapman, you can make a an argument, I think a pretty reasonable one, that Matt Chapman, aside from Shohei Otani, could wind up at the end of the year as the best free agent position player. And when you look the the second factor is, um, let's look at what other third basemen are getting. I'm not suggesting that Matt Chapman is in Manny Machado's class or in Nolan Arenado's mm-hmm. class. He's not. But could Matt Chapman potentially put up a Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado type season? Yeah. Like he's done that before and he's not coming off of one right now, which is why I think any sort of an extension for him beyond the Scott Boris factor and and the idea that Boris, especially when guys are a year away from free agency, almost never signs extensions for his client. Um, uh, Matt Chapman, if he has one of those types of years, might be looking at two hundred million dollars because the paucity of players out there, plus the fact that uh, he's still an excellent fielder at a, a position where you need it. Like the 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 tools are all there for a mega contract, but the performance and production right now has not warranted one. So I, I think besides. If they even discuss this, would simply be too far apart in where they are. The Jays not wanting to to guess or project, but to go on numbers, and Chapman saying, you know, I'm I'm in line for a phenomenal season and. Uh, what I stand to make you're not even
0: close to. Yeah, right now. Well Matt Chapman's making twelve and a half million dollars this year ahead of free agency. So I, I'm kinda with you. Um you know, Barker asked me, Are you suggesting he'd sign a contract that would begin with two? I said yes and he kinda rolled his eyes. But I mean it's all about scarcity, right? It's all about scarcity and and um you know there's gonna be money. One thing we know is there's there will be there will be spare money this off season chasing chasing Matt Chapman. There will be.
2: No doubt. Listen, there's uh, there's only one Shohei Ohtani, and he can only go one place. And here's the thing: the as bad as the hitters are this winter, the pitching class is really, really good. Mm -hmm. And that that's just not something that aligns with what the Jays necessarily need right now. Right. Um, You you know, they've got Manoa for another. Three years after this year, mm-hmm. I think um, they've got uh, Gosman for another three years, I believe. Uh, they, what is it, two or three years for Gosman?
0: Uh, yeah, three
2: years, I think. Three years, yeah. And he signed, yeah, five years after last year. And Barrios um, has
0: an opt out too.
2: Yeah, Barrios. Uh, Barrios has an opt out, but honestly, the way he's been pitching, uh, and even if he does pitch well, uh, I, I don't know. It's good contracts for him, so. Um, the, the Jays rotation rotating at in, and, and, and he will, I think, be in the rotation uh, next year at latest. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, that's pretty damn good, man. And if you want to go out and get a knockout fifth starter, then hey, that's great. But it's not a necessity.
0: Yeah. Mr. Pass, we're going to let you run. Safe travels around Florida, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, brother. Talk soon. Jeff Passen, MLB Insider with ESPN on some interstate. I think He's off to, uh, did you say he's off to uh, Fort Myers to see the Orioles? Lovely Fort Myers. Uh, again, Blue Jays baseball 107 today streaming on the web and uh, on TV as well. The Jays will be taking Whit Merrifield, Bo Bichette, Dalton Varsho, Santiago Espinal, Kevin Biggio, Kevin Kiermeyer, Their top position prospect, Addison Barger, will also be making the trip. Yusei Kikuchi, Ricky Tiedemann, and Zach Pop, So you get a chance to see for yourself, Yusei Kikuchi, and also to see for yourself what all the buzz is about with Ricky Tiedemann. That is it for us at Blair and Barker. Thanks for joining us. Have yourself a great day.